You are listening to WHUPLP Hillsboro. My name is Gilbert Neal, and this is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. A fine Saturday to you, and to you as well. Today's show is replete with rock and roll oddities. You folks have been clamoring for side two of the Gene Pitney Show album, tonight in person, even though he was probably very, very far away. Perhaps he was in a studio somewhere, or in person somewhere, obviously. Anywho, I would like to begin my show with a set by somebody you probably don't know. And he was sort of a rock and roll drifter. He had talent, that's for sure. He started his singing career in 1956 and recorded his last, let's say, secular song in about 1980. Went from record company to record company. He was a cousin of Bobby Bird, who was in The Famous Flames with James Brown. And his name is, was, I had his bio pulled up here, okay. Ray Denson was his real name, and he took the professional name of Billy Lamont. I'm going to play you a set of Billy Lamont, and then I will talk to you about Billy Lamont and his voyage through the 60s and 70s recording industry in brief. But he is a funky man.
Eep. Eep. So, this is Gilbert Neal, and this is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities on WHUP. You just heard Freddie Cannon, and she's a mean rebel rouser from 1983. Why do I have that 45 in my possession? Well, it's not because it's a great song. It's not bad. It's not great. It certainly is of a type for Freddie Cannon from the time he started recording in the early 60s to, uh, let's say, the 80s, 90s, whatever. He, like all artists, went into a phase where he was more Johnny Rivers than Chuck Berry. If that makes sense. Sort of tried, dipped his toe in psychedelia and folk. But eventually he returned to the rock and roll. But why do I own that 45? Because it was recorded and released on Amherst Records. Amherst Records was owned by Leonard Silver. Or Lenny, as we used to call him. Well, we didn't call him that because... I used to work in a record store in Buffalo, New York, right around this time. And the person who interviewed me was Lenny Silver. And I had never interviewed for a job before with someone like Lenny Silver. The job I had before that was as a bass player and singer. And I could play bass and sing. You could see that I could do it. It was second nature. But talking to this grizzly fella, perhaps a mafia guy, I don't know. But it was a different experience. I hadn't known my father long in my life. So I did not really know how to talk to men. Freddie Silver sat me down and asked me, so why do you want to work at Record Theater? And I told him the truth, which was that I love this place and the, my love of records and my knowledge of music, it, it just came so naturally to me. I just wanted to be a part of it. He said, how much do you see yourself making working at Record Theater? And I said, oh, around $7 an hour. And he said, well, how about three ten? Our negotiation was over, and I took the job for three ten. Working at Record Theater had almost nothing to do with music. It was nothing like it was portrayed working in music stores because... Record theater was not any more than just a factory. But I don't want to digress. I liked, I loved being in record theater. I loved thumbing through it. It wasn't cabbages, but they had a lot of interesting stuff. And they had an import section, which I thought was nice. Anyhow, Amherst Records had a big hit 
with Glenn Mendieros. Glenn Mendieros, Never Gonna Change My Love For You, I believe it was called, in around that time. And I thought it was neat that Freddie Cannon released a, a single. Actually, he released two singles on Amherst. And he was going to record an album, but the album never came out. So I have so much more to tell you about my time at Record Theater, but that's not what this show is about right now. Before that, you heard Billy the Baron and his Smokin' Challengers. It was spelled wrong on the label, so I don't know if it's Chal... Kellangers or Challengers. Communication is where it's at from 1975. Billy Barron and the Um Band with The Man with the Master Plan from 1980. And Gate Wesley and Band Zap Pow Do the Batman from 1966. And that was the unmistakable to you now, Billy Lamont on lead vocals. So I think that's neat, huh? We had a, a Billy Barron, Billy Lamont set, huh? How many of those do you hear in your life? Not too many, I would say. That's what I bring you. I bring you the strange. Speaking of the strange, we had a request last week to hear side two of the Gene Pitney Show album from 1966. Tonight in person, it says. He was not in person, and it was not that night. It was just a collection of up-and-coming music core artists who were writing the fading, tattered coattails of Gene Pitney. Also on the music core label. So put Gene Pitney out there in the front, in the center, and have all these other artists and give it the feeling of this is a big concert where all the music horror artists are getting together and it's a big to do so what you're about to hear is fake crowd noise an announcer who was sitting in a studio the fake crowd noise is really really awful because unlike today where you can take a snippet of a waveform and plug it in to something with a, a mouse in <clears throat> audacity or whatever in this you know in the old days you had to sit there with a tape machine and let it go and then it would speed up and there you would have your fake crowd noise and as i said last week many artists did this not the reputable ones but you know anyhow i now present to you side two of the gene pitney show Fake noise. Joe O'Brien with the Gene Pitney Show. And let's bring back our star again, Gene Pitney. Ah, oh, here's a great song. Maybe you haven't heard Gene sing it as yet. There's no living without your love. Gene Pitney. I am loving till the day I die. Then, baby, 
like you, babe, but I can't cry. We had a time, it was great fun, but here I go. I'm on the run. You've got your life, baby, I've got mine Maybe we'll meet again sometime When a bullet's fired from a hunter's gun I'm like the deer I'm on the run
gone Well, baby, now don't be long Cause you'll be late and I'll be gone How long will it be Till I know that you really want me Think it over and let me know Drag it out, it could go bye-bye
What? No encore? All right. Well, I'll tell you. It's... <laughs> this is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. My name is Gilbert Neal, and this is uh, this was side two of the Gene Pitney Show. One tonight in person. Started that side with Gene Pitney's There Is No Living, then The Critters with I'm Gonna Give, uh, The Bitter End Singers with I'm On The Run, which sounds a lot like what Bob Dylan was doing. It's almost a, almost a, I'd say a, an homage. Teddy and the Pandas, Bye Bye Out The Window. And then Steve Rossi with My Alphabet of Tears. You know Steve Rossi. I mentioned him last week because I played the 1976 single by Allen and Rossi. Marty Allen and uh, Steve Rossi. They were a comedy team. And they were on The Ed Sullivan Show the night The Beatles premiered on The Ed Sullivan Show. So... They had to follow him, you know, and in show business, well, things sort of work out sometimes they don't, but Alan and Rossi were seen at the time as good sports and they really, really took advantage of that appearance and appeared many other times on the Ed Sullivan show. I watched on YouTube, a week of shows called Password. Password was a game show where I would say, or a celebrity would, <laughs> a celebrity would say a word, and it was the password, and the per the contestant would have to guess the next word. Like if I was to say, um. Uh, if I was to say foot, then you would say hand, and that would be the password. Or if I was to say carnival, you would say fair, and that was the password. And it went back and forth. Anyway, Steve Ross, or excuse me, um, Steve Rossi and Marty Allen were the two celebrities in 1966. And the host of the show was Alan Ludden, who was married to Betty White until his death. But then I kept watching and, you know, in the game shows those days when you had celebrities and non-celebrities, the celebrities could be kind of handsy and Marty Allen was no exception. He was handsy and, and, uh, Steve Rossi, who was 
the straight man was less handsy. But it was all in good fun. It was like watching my mother and Aunt Joan. So Steve Rossi had a recording career around the same time. And he was trying to be Dean Martin to um, Marty Allen's Jerry Lewis. And if you don't understand what that means, if you don't understand what I'm saying, heck with ya. You're too young. Get off. Out of the bam. And then after that, uh, Marie Knight, Crimea River. A lot of people who have heard this album say that the the best thing about it, if you can get past the fake announcing and the awful, awful crowd noise, is the fact that a lot of these songs didn't exist in stereo. Some of them don't exist in any format. But this album was sort of seen as uh, the only way you could hear these songs. And and I think some of them are pretty good. I especially like that Marie Knight. And the Steve Rossi isn't bad either. All right. So I finished the Gene Pitney album. I can throw it away, but I'm not going to. I'm going to save it because maybe my kids will enjoy it. I don't know. One of them is having an ABBA phase. That's, there are worse faces to have. ABBA phase, not bad. I can talk about ABBA. I know their history and stuff. But it'll be ABBA winning the Eurovision contest in 73, I think, or 74. And then a few years later, you know who finished last. Come on. You listen to my show, you know. You know. It was Les Humphrey Singers. And I did buy one of their albums. And I played some songs from side one last week. Now I'm going to play some songs from side two. Starting with uh, this unfortunate thing. Now. If you've been down in Dixie like me, like me. If you've been down in Dixie land, you know just what I mean. Well, I've heard there's been a rumor going round Atlanta town. Made its way up from New Orleans And still is going round Guess I'll have to make my mind up For which side I wanna fight Cause I can't believe in Dixie overnight Well I've heard there's been some trouble Way up north in New York State Disagreeing on the way things have been going as of late Abram Lincoln and the Senate Say they're standing for our rights Guess they can't believe in Dixie So I'm staying on the border, but 
but I don't know if I'm right Cause I can't believe in Dixie overnight No, I can't believe in Dixie Cause my love has moved away So I'm staying on the border Live to fight another Blue 
Let me join the Navy Let me see the world Just my uniform and me I saw many places And I saw the girls And I saw the sea Uniform cut
it's not Hey Jude, but you are listening to WHUP LP Hillsborough. My name is Gilbert Neal. How about that? I am a fan of the Les Humphrey singers. I can't help it. Mostly because I I don't know the whole story about these songs and this love affair that Les Humphrey seemed to have with the American South and the Army and the Navy and all that stuff. Uh, You heard Dixie. Now, all these songs were written by Les Humphrey, so they're not the songs you know. Like, the Dixie is not... It starts off with that motif, but it's not the same song. Something I Saw, and then Uniform... I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means. But then Carnival, which uh, um, which is pretty derivative of the Jan and Dean song. I can't remember. But it's not Little Old Lady from Pasadena. But that's, that's all I can do with that album. That's done. I've, I'm done playing it. I'm going to relegate it to the dustbin of my record collection until the next one arrives in the mail. And the next one I'm expecting is, well, you're not going to like it. You're just not going to like it. It's punishment, basically. Punishment for listening to me. And I don't think anyone is really listening to me. Because... I don't get a lot of feedback. I've been doing this for six years and I don't get a lot of feedback. I I hear from people on Twitter who are very nice and, and they like certain things that I do. And I think that they are nice. I hope they don't pity me in my crying and whining about not having any fans and stuff, but I'm working on that. I'm working on not letting those things affect me at all. It's hard. But when you see patterns emerging in your life and your behavior and your feelings and you realize what it is that's going on, you have to behave like an addict. You have to withdraw. You have to go through withdrawal. And that's what I'm doing. So I'm st- I'm stopping certain behaviors because it basically, it's like it clears the cobwebs. It shows me who, who I'm dealing with, both internally and externally. So today is the 20th anniversary of 9-11, and I was sleeping when it happened And my friend Dave called me and let me know. I I think his words were, holy F. You have to watch the TV. And so I turned it on, and it was so surreal, as you know, because you've all been through it, people of a certain age. In this case, maybe about 25, you'd be old enough to know what you were doing at that that point, that time. 
and how I feel about it in case sees now this is I don't think anyone's listening so I'm just going to say it because I'm sitting in this chair and I've got this microphone and who's going to stop me I'm going to I'm not going to swear I'm not going to violate FCC rules I will just say that I think this all has to do with basically after World War II, maybe a little before that, taking your big American Uncle Sam hands, stretching over to the Middle East and just mixing stuff up. Just mix, mixing stuff up. Swatting this, swatting that, petting this, petting that. Tribes, who cares? You know, who cares? Who cares? And then when it happens, we all act like victims. We put our fingers in our mouths and say, I didn't make that happen. Why did that happen? Why are you hurting a But that's why. Because we're going places we shouldn't be, doing things we shouldn't do. And somebody posted, like for instance, the Afghan war cost us billions, billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars. That could have gone to light rail in the United States. Bullet trains from hither to thither. But what do we have to show for all that money? Nothing. So why do we do that? Why do we stick our hands in the Middle East? Why do we put our, our you know, take our shoes off and walk into Israel and go mess everything up? Who knows? Just, you know, not, we don't have a vision because every four years or every eight years, the vision changes entirely. How are you going to build a country like that? You can't. Anyway, what I was thinking when I, I'm going to play you a song off of my, um, the mayor of Estes Park album, which I wrote and recorded with 9-11 in mind because you can't stop me. And... It has to do with the fact that many people might know, might remember that when George Bush was president, George Bush Jr. or whatever his name was, you know, when he was president, everybody was pretty, a lot like now. I mean, everything was was very, very, very dysfunctional, very partisan, very much like that. It hasn't changed too much. I mean, the, the stakes are higher, but watch what happens, because I don't think much is going to happen. But then when 9-11 happened, everybody held hands, and there were concerts, and David Bowie played Heroes, and uh, he did America, and, and uh, we were all together, holding hands, arm in arm. And it hasn't been that way since, but that's the only thing that seems to unite us anymore is not just keeping America going and alive and healthy and functional and compromising and all that stuff. The only thing that seems to affect us affect us back then was external threats. And that was an external threat. That was somebody saying, "Hey, you know, you you didn't listen to our um you didn't listen to our negotiations. You weren't listening to us. You didn't take us seriously. Take us seriously now." And instead of taking taking them seriously, we went into Afghanistan. So 
Anyway, this song is called Scare Us. I hope you like it. It's by me. Disharmony Seconds in corners For cold strategy Bitter old snipers That aim for the trees Hungry young vipers To spread their disease But they're in your deserts And bunkers and tents You plan your revenge And you fooled our defense Our petty fears frozen in loose sight suspense As you saved us, made us all grieve Scare us, scare us, make us believe Only through fear are we on the kivive Scare us, scare us, make us believe
Love all the teens, Lord. She's the woman that I know. She's the woman that loves me. So I'm saying, be Bopalula, she is my baby. Be Bopalula, don't be baby. Be Bopalula, she, she, she is my baby. Oh, my baby, oh, my baby, oh. She's the one that box around the store She's the one that yells a more, more, more I'm saying Be-bop-a-doo-da, she's my baby Be-bop-a-doo-da, I don't believe Be-bop-a-doo-da, she's, she's, she's my baby Now my baby, now my baby, now Buddy got us a wild hair and figured we wanted to go somewhere, so we loaded up my ragtop Chevrolet. We had a little bit of money and a whole lot of show, and with Hank Jr. blaring on the radio, we got a tank full of gas and we was on our way. We figured we'd go down to New Orleans, and we were barreling down old 17 when a man with a blinking red light was on our tail. He said, you were doing 60 and a 45, but I'm gonna let you go this time. But if I catch you again, I'm gonna slap you in the county jail. We said, thank you, sir. You sure been nice. And you ain't gonna have to tell us twice that we were southbound and down with the wind blowing in our faces. We kept on rolling, and pretty soon the radio was cooking out a haggard tune, and we were pulling into Houston and checking out all them places. I was feeling dry and I said, I think we ought to stop and get ourselves a drink. Old Jim said, yeah, cause we got time to kill. We kept on rolling and I seen this spot. We pulled into the parking lot of this place called the Cloud Nine Bar and Grill. We walked through the door and the place was jammed. The lights were low, they had a punk rock band and some orange haired fella singing about suicide. I said, Jim, this ain't our kind of place. He said, well, let's just have one round anyway. So against my better judgment, we walked on inside. Went up to the bar, and we sat down. This feller walked up and said, I'll buy this round. And he sat down on a bar stool next to Jim. He looked like a girl, but he talked like a guy. He had lipstick on and mascara in his eye, and everybody in that place looked just about like him. 
I said, Jim, this ain't our kind of bar. Let's just go on out and get back in the car, cause it's gonna be trouble. Ain't no sense in taking a chance. We was getting up, getting ready to leave. Somebody grabbed old Jim by the sleeve. It was this good looking girl? She was asking my buddy to dance. I said, Jim, don't do it. There's something missing. There's fellers dancing and fellers kissing. There's a feller in a high heel shoes wearing pantyhose. He said, partner, I just can't turn this down. You just go over there and have one more round. I'll dance with the lady and we'll get on down the road. So he walked away and left me alone. And this funny looking feller kept coming on. And he was making me mad at some of the things he said. And then he put his hand on my knee. I said, if you don't get your paw off me, I'm going to locate your nose around on the side of your head. He said, I love it when you get that fire in your eye. I said, well, partner, try this on for size. And I unloaded on him. He went out like a light. Everybody in that place must have been his friend. They all headed for me. I said, this is the end. But where I come from, we don't give up without a fight. They were screaming and yelling and scratching and clawing. I was punching and hitting and kicking and pawing. I was holding my own because I've been in a scrap or two. Old Jim come running up out of the blue and that gal he was with come running up too and proceeded to beat on me with a high heel shoe. I grabbed her by the hair and come off in my hand and that beautiful girl was just a beautiful man. Old Jim just got sick right there on the floor. He dropped that dude like a shot from a gun, smeared his lipstick, made his makeup run, and me and old Jim started fighting our way to the door. Man, we let out of there in that Chevrolet, and I put her on the floor, and she stayed that way. We was going down the highway doing about 110. We was headed for home, and we was getting near, and then a red light come on in the rear view mirror, and that same blame cop was pulling us over again. Well, I'm sitting here in this county jail. I had to call my daddy to go our bail, but I learned me a lesson that I never will forget again. I done give up drinking. I've give up bars and running around the country in souped-up cars. Going back where the women are women and the men are men.
the sunshine bouquet. Sunny, sunny, thank you for the love you brought my way. You gave to me your all in all, and now I feel ten feet tall.
Okay, hang on. So what you've been hearing in this last half hour is remakes. So artists record hits and either because they have a new record company or they have a coked out producer who thinks it would be a good idea to re-record their biggest hit in a different way, a different manner entirely. Or, I don't know, the residents re-recorded uh, Santa Dog, called it Santa Dog 78. And uh, the original is just, I don't, I don't know if it's better. I mean, it's hard to say with the residents, but I like the original better. That's just my taste. And you had Percy Faith with uh, Summer Place, which was a big hit for them. And then they redid it as a disco song. So I don't know. I don't know what that uh, indicates. Anyway, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. He's a friend who is in this deal that I'm dealing in, the obscurities and stuff. Um, hang on. I know you'll wait with me because you are... Both of you are friends of mine. Let's see. Um, uh, I can't remember. But, uh, oh, I, I know, I know, I know. Um... Probe is turning on the classics. I can't remember the name of the the uh, pod or the the website, but it's more because of me than uh, anything else that I'm forgetting. God damn, what is it? Um, anyway, he keeps track. He he keeps a repository of all of these really rare like remakes or songs by like like he did one on Neil Young where uh, all of Neil Young's earlier compositions were done as covers in the late 60s and stuff and he just recently did one where um, it was just artists who re-recorded their uh, big hits if you want to call Santa Dog a big hit but and uh, that's what you're hearing now so I'm not going to back announce them because I didn't keep track of what they were um, she's a girl with the flying feet. See you next week. L'Angleterre était le roi Dominique, notre père Convertit les habitants Dominique, Dominique S'en allait tout simplement Routier, pauvre et chantant En tout chemin, en tout lieu Il ne parle que du bon Dieu Il ne parle que du bon Dieu Ni chameau, ni diligence Il parcourt l'Europe à pied Scandinavie ou Provence dans la sainte pauvreté 
d'école, fils et garçons pleins d'ardeur, et pour semer la parole, inventa les frères pêcheurs. De midi, Et deux anges se présentèrent portant deux grands pains de riz. Rêve, les fraîcheurs du monde entier Sous le manteau de la Vierge En grand nombre rassemblés Dominique, mon bon père Garde-nous simples et gays Pour annoncer à nos frères la vie et la vérité De l'hygiène unique S'en allait tout simplement Au Dieu, au vrai chantant En tout chemin, en tout lieu Il ne parle que du bon Dieu Il ne parle que du bon Dieu
T-bone Yeah, the tremors and the thigh bone Shaking all over Just the way that you say goodnight to me It brings that feeling on inside of me Quivers down my backbone I've got the shakes in my knee bone Yeah, the tremors in the thigh bone I'm shaking all
It is just about 8 p.m. And these sounds indicate it is time. To WHUPLP 